0: I signed a deal, said goodbye to my innocence. I fell in love with Los Angeles. I lost my friends to Los Angeles. I lost myself in Los Angeles. Came a long way. I brought Houston, brought Texas with me. I brought my pain and my demons with me. I say a prayer, hope the Lord forgive me. I took a pill and I hope I feel it. I miss living at the hospital. I miss living down in South Central. I remember back when it was simple. I ain't had to fight with all my niggas. Money complicated, every issue. Man, it's crazy how to deal with you. Talk about it like they still with you. Use my name as a meal ticket. Man, I don't wanna see me standing now. Bipolar, nigga, I'm manning now. I want more shit in my bank account. I want my granny a bigger house. I grow more hungry like every day. Feel like God in a scary way All of these sins that I need repay. I need to find me some different ways I signed a deal, said goodbye to my innocence I fell in love with Los Angeles I lost my friends to Los Angeles I lost myself in Los Angeles Came a long way, I brought Houston, brought Texas with me I brought my pain and my demons with me I say a prayer, hope the Lord forgive me Alright, we're back, uh,
1: Quentin And uh, this week (laughs) Playing off of Like we reference it constantly Uh, The Slack chat, the conversation lately, there's a big time match between uh, Mike Quack and Bush versus, uh, God, I don't even remember who, I think Billy Rock? Um, Yeah, Billy Rock. Yeah, a match that I haven't gotten a chance to watch it, I don't know if you have yet, but so this week, to commemorate this great match from the week, we are the the Quackheads, um, (laughs) because we're both... uh, uh, obsessed with Mike Quackenbush, and this episode's going to be a 100% retrospective of the career of Mike Quackenbush. I know he's one of your favorite wrestlers, so we'll go in deep. This is almost my like long,
2: a- My longtime personal friend, Mike Quackenbush, yes. obviously. This
1: is almost like an episode of Psychology is Dead, really, because we're going to just do a deep dive all about Mike Quackenbush. We're going to break down his matches um, from the beginning. No. Uh...
2: This is actually just really meta. <laughs> this is just Mike Quackenbush's podcast with this cold open.
1: Yes, exactly. Have you Did you listen to Mike Quackenbush's podcast, actually? I've listened to it I've listened to it at least once. He's, he's, I liked like, it. He,
2: he's he's a good he's good. Like he's always been a great commentator and all that stuff. He has a great right. voice for it. But something I've always said for years, like just something about Quack always rubs me the wrong way. For sure. So so like I can't always I can't always like listen to it or anything.
1: Yeah. I mean the thing is that he's he is what he is and it's like you can't like you can't just like automatically accept that anyone's good (laughs) like there's so so many people are just have like whatever issues they have and all this stuff um but uh but you know i like i liked the podcast i thought it was pretty fun um overall and uh and i like what he puts out there in wrestling i like some of his students are pretty you know well trained and everything's cool with them so but either way that's not the point of this uh the point of this podcast is to talk about wrestling and uh, kind of everything that's happened over the week so start it out give a shout out to uh corwo on uh the underscore corwo on twitter uh like i said he's basically like the the producer of the podcast he's the um segment i guess you'd call him segment uh, it's the segment runner. segment correspondent yes segment. <laughs> yes uh contributor uh yes segment contributor he's the topic contributor basically um so, uh, so he, he gave me some, uh, some, some quick notes to hit on real quick here. Let's see the interesting topics of the week. Um, WWE talent fr- pulled from Southside Wrestling as they're going out of business, basically. Pretty interesting. Um, I guess, yeah,
2: like, kicking, like, WWE, like, kicking them while they're down.
1: <laughs> yeah. It feels like, uh, maybe it's because they may have some kind of connection to, um, to RevPro I guess would be the only reason why you would think that they would pull them basically saying you know they don't want their guys having any kind of connection with RevPro because but, but, Rev- but,
2: but, but Tim Tim yep yeah, what you have to realize is that WWE can't hate independent wrestling because they let Tyler Bate show up at the at, at the Schadenfreude show. Yes, yes, and who, so who objectively, he... you cannot say that WWE hates independent wrestling. This it's is something it's, it's, This is something that I learned.
1: He just this week. loves indie wrestling. That's why he let Tyler Bate uh, work against. Was it Martin Dean? No, not, uh, Dean Allmark. Why did I say Martin? What am I thinking? Anyways, wrestled the uh, Dean Allmark, Dino. Uh, on the Schottenfreude Grab show, uh, a match that I guess you won't be able to see. Who could fucking tell? to social media game is ridiculous. Um, I don't
2: I, I, like. I know that it's just Chris Brooks doing whatever the fuck he wants. Yes. So like, I don't ask questions. I don't ask whether or not I can see the show. I don't ask whether or not where I can watch the show. I just it's Chris Brooks's thing, and I just. Like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay.
1: Yeah, but I just I loved him posting. You know, th- if this gets fifteen thousand retweets, we'll open a VOD service like that. Was so good, and then just playing with everyone and all that. So who knows if that'll ever come out? It, it probably will. It feels like they're joking. Like it's a joke with saying that it's never going to come out. But who knows? Um, I mean, Fight Club Pro recently pulled their stuff from Vimeo. They're not even on Vimeo anymore, like they were for a long time. So who knows if if it'll ever come out um either way yeah that, that tyler Bate, the tyler bait being in, sh- in on the shot in the show means that wwe and and uk wrestling are all still they buddy buddy
2: the good guys obviously
1: yes um it's so fucking weird like why do how come every single time you just like
2: try to like people try to find something to say they look wwe not that bad like why yeah. like why are we so like thirsty to find like something to be like yeah they aren't completely like terrible tyrannical uh <laughs> like outright monopolizing like several independent wrestling scene dickheads like i like i don't know why we try so hard to avoid coming to that
1: yeah and what like yeah what are you getting for white knighting for wwe they're not gonna give you even they a discount a, on the network a single
2: thing for this. yeah
1: you know i mean just uh yeah um on the same in the same token walter's not showing up on the tag league walter
2: his home promotion
1: yeah granted he got he only got got taken off of
2: the sunday show um i don't think that means like they like but granted like if walter is gone i don't know how that how that's working if that was like night three of the tag tournament or whatever but still like taking him off any of the shows like walter and Ilya are a big part of what they have set up there right and so to take so to take him out when you when you assume that Walter and Ilya like probably had real plans and maybe like were actually like pegged for the finals, like what the fuck?
1: Very likely. Were they? They were just the tag team champions recently, and then they dropped the title to Aussie Open relatively recently. Who then have to vacate the titles amidst all of this? It's just yeah, because because Mark Davis tore his ACL. I'm pretty sure. Fucking around in the ring in PWG. Good job, buddy. Like ah, not even on the show. He didn't even make it onto the fucking show. And you, That's and such you a bummer. In, you bring in Davis Starr and Eddie Kingston like,
2: maybe so you could tie up the loose end of whatever like, Star and Walter tension that you had going on in WXW, and you, like, again, Walter isn't, isn't, like, might not even be there anymore.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's a bummer. It's definitely, that is definitely a bummer to see happen, um, for sure. And it definitely throws everything up in the air, but it's also like, I don't know, did you really... Were you excited about Tag League this year? Because I really wasn't. I mean,
2: no, but like I was gonna, like I would have watched it. Like it's a whole bunch of quality wrestlers in it, and like it's the same way I feel about the Super Strong Style sixteen. Like I might not be excited for it, but it's good wrestlers, and like
1: which I finally watched. (laughs)
2: Like you, like you have to be outstandingly bad at dealing with anything related to pro wrestling in order to fuck up having like sixteen great pro wrestlers in one tournament or right. mostly great 16 like mostly great pro wrestlers in the tournament and the same thing applies for this like it takes an, an outstanding level of incompetence to fuck up having like again like 20 something good wrestlers in this tournament all in your all in your promotion for the weekend so right. i wasn't i wasn't excited for it but like shit like walter and Ilya are great wrestlers i would have liked to see their tag matches i would have loved to see them versus david star and Eddie kingston so like i i don't i don't even know at this point man and if those are a wrench into this whole idea of like, well, Walter clearly held on on WWE so he can get the sweetheart deal, so he can still he can do the NXT UK stuff, but he also gets to do WXW. And very clearly from how that contract seems to have worked, WWE still has priority over anything that Walter does. Right. So we can talk about how, well, he's still gonna he's still gonna work in, working his own promotion and he didn't abandon them and all that stuff. Well, very clearly, like WWE has the control over what his priority is
1: yeah no exactly he's and he's i mean he tried to do damage control and tweet out that it was his personal choice or whatever which is i don't know i don't know that's just so cucked honestly like not even i can't think of a better word to use for it honestly like he's fucking blaming himself for getting pulled uh by wwe obviously again that's fine whatever um and then yeah the tag team champions Vacating the titles. I mean, the tournament is always for the titles, really, but now that the champs are out. And then, I don't know. I don't like replacing, personally, I don't like replacing Davis with Lucky Kid and just having Kyle Fletcher, Mark Davis tag team um, in there in the tournament. I get why you would do that. um, Like, you know, just because it's an easy fix or whatever, but it's annoying to me. Um, I was watching, I don't know if you've watched any of the Turbo Graps. Uh, tournament, but uh, I I was thinking about it. And I'm just like, of all the pe- fucking people <laughs> to fly back and forth for Bola weekend to come out to be in your tournament, lucky kid. What the fuck was Black Label Pro thinking? I mean, they did Orange <laughs> Cassidy too, but that made sense because he was the IWTV champion and he literally dropped. Yeah, the title. yeah, lucky
2: kid's a real a real left field one, but that's why like the turbo grabs feel was like a, such a fun thing to look at on paper because like wow, this is like a really fucking weird thing that's going on.
1: Yeah, but it was just like, you basically, because the Saturday there was no PWG show, you could have done that with any wrestler that was on the PWG on, in BOLA. Anybody. They could have picked anyone. But Lucky Kid, for some reason, was the one that they just had to get. Um, but yeah, that was really interesting. Like I said, finally watched Super Strong Style 16. I'll say some good stuff in there. Um, but
2: but like, like I told you. like There were a lot of yeah. good matches in there. There's yeah. some things I'm like, you know. Could have, like that thing could have been better, but I mostly liked the wrestling.
1: Right. I have I've really started to not be a huge fan of the the format, the way that Progress does tournaments, especially this now. It just doesn't work for me. Like stretching this tournament across three days when you really don't have that many, you know, tournament matches. So that by the last night, you're basically only having like three tournament matches. And and this year doing the the three way thing, I thought was kind of I don't know, was a little bit of a cop out. Whatever. Um I would honestly say that Devlin and 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 uh, Fletcher was my like favorite match of the tournament. Um so yeah. That's really that's,
2: that's that's interesting cuz like, I thought that was the least of Devlin's tournament run and that was wow. like, a really good match. But like I thought Devlin versus O'Reilly was excellent and i thought yeah, devlin versus star like that's devlin star is one is probably like my top
1: 15 top 20 matches of the year i think i liked their ott match more but i can definitely see where you're coming from it was really I think, really I, good i think i'm in i think i'm in a minority on liking the super strong style 16 match more The most okay yeah, i, I can't blame you i could see it and i think that devlin was easily the star of the tournament honestly
2: oh yeah um, totally uh yeah that's that's something that's been real prevalent with devlin this year is that he might not have the volume of some other guys we might be we might be considering as, like, wrestler of the year caliber caliber guys, but Devlin has the quality that, like, Gresham and Zach and, like, Hiroshi Tanahashi or whatever, like, have for me on their best days is that when I'm watching them, it feels like, holy shit, I'm watching the best wrestler in the world.
1: Yeah. And, no, no, he definitely...
2: Yeah, and, and Devlin has that in space now, which is something crazy to say about Devlin when when i'm first getting exposed to him in early 2016 he's a really good worker but like clearly something was missing and like the rapid improvement is, is just insane
1: yeah i I love the like kind of the little boxer thing that they've added to his kind of character and ott um and his character work also has been fantastic this year not, so he stepped not, that up also. not just
2: not, not just forced boxer stuff too like he's actually really good at throwing yeah, his yeah. punches it's not, it's not like they just like all right we're gonna make you a boxer now you're gonna throw this like four-hit combo like no he looks like he genuinely practiced it and got really good at throwing those punches and he does it really well every single time
1: yeah it's i mean it's it's reminiscent of what i had said about tyler Bate, where he was doing that kind of tight like kind of boxer style like actual tactician style boxer punches in wrestling that i thought didn't work as well for Bate, but devlin really pulls it off um and yeah it's it's smooth looks good and uh, and the character work is fantastic that interview thing that, clip that just went up on OTT uh, I don't know if you got a chance to watch it yet but on their social media they posted an interview the interview the substance is really good but you can see the difference of the the production quality with the uh, with the old video guy being gone who I guess he got scooped up I think by WWE unfortunately um, it's just such a bummer I mean but that's it I mean WWE is pretty smart at this point they're not just grabbing talent like in ring they're grabbing all the grabbing it they're grabbing everything yeah they're just they snatch it as soon as it gets any kind of play and it's pretty it's really shitty for me but it's a smart business strategy honestly i mean you know what are you gonna do um speaking of smart business strategies from wwe on the same note the first week that uh that nxt AWE go head to head on cable television wwe nxt limited commercial breaks um to, uh, to basically not give people the chance To even flip <laughs> ch- the channel to the other side
2: So I just, I just can't help but like Laugh at, at, at this right. shit you know what I mean Like at, at some point When you're like as far Into wrestling as people like us are Certain shit just like you kind of get Numb to when you sort of like laugh at And yeah this clear Sort of like predatory we're gonna Go head up with them because we feel Like it behavior like It's just it's just really funny it's really funny, even like when you realize, like at its core, like it's like shitty and all that. But, like I can I just can't help but laugh at it. But yeah, like the limited commercial breaks and Candice, <laughs> using Candice LeRae as deploy from like you know the PWG days against the AEW guys, and she's probably going to win the women's title next week. And it, it's all just a whole bunch of fun, like funny shit. But I, yeah. I, I, I imagine both of us are probably going to wind up both, um, like both episodes of AEW and NXT next week.
1: Yeah, I'll 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 try to watch the NXT. Um, I've been trying to watch it since it's been like revamped the two hour thing on, on 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 USA and the network right now. It's been it's been good, but it's not been you know. It, I don't know. I'm, I won't I'm, say that I'm, it's,
2: I'm, he- I'm hearing it's been good. I feel like it's now, fine. I think I think like you can say that NXT for like years, as far as, like the live audience for 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 full sale. Was in a sort of malaise because, like, the crowd got like just got so used to having NXT, right? So they weren't getting excited for anymore the way they the way they used to when NXT was really starting to hit a stride. So for a while, you're getting these NXT tapings of full sale where like nothing is really getting over, and it feels like nothing is really getting accomplished. And now with this renewed vigor of, oh yeah, we're live we're live every week now, and we're still in full sale, and we're going to be going two hours. Like, now I feel like we, we have, like, a little bit more energy in the crowds, it seems like people are saying. And they're introducing people that weren't necessarily getting used on the main roster or getting more shine at NXT and all that. So, they're they're definitely giving it some kind of boost. But, yeah, I, I just haven't been interested in checking it out yet. But I, de- I definitely
1: will. It's I'll definitely say it's a positive there's no question in my mind that it's a positive um, that they're doing. Because for a long time, the I mean, the the biggest talking point for NXT was that it was a little bit too short. Honestly, just one hour with the amount of people that just weren't making TV, and hopefully they can do a good job of not doing you know a lot of overkill and just kind of showing off a lot of people. Clearly, um, Cameron Grimes, Trevor Lee is a big focal meantime point for have, them right now. Being tiny hat Yes, the tiny hat man. He kind of looks like a character out of that Will Smith Wild Wild West movie. Why basically, the fuck mo- is he
2: wearing that hat? I don't know, man. I don't know. Who's, I I really want to know whose idea the vest in the hat was, because I don't it's, know <laughs> what is he aiming for here. It's
1: fucking. It's just so. It's so random and weird looking, and it just doesn't make any sense. And it's like, look, like it's not.
2: It's like it's not even like a. Oh, get this goofy shade off my screen! Like it's not even like that kind of thing. It's like, yo why is he wearing it like what is the point
1: here (laughs) yeah and it just looks so just so placed like it's just there it's just stuck on it's not you know it doesn't it feels like you just take took the same trevor lee from cwf and then for some reason you just like drew a hat and vest on him it doesn't feel integrated into him in any way it doesn't make any sense so it's very odd but uh he seems to be kind of a, a project for them right now as someone that they're interested in uh in 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 Putting some steam behind. We'll see how that goes. Um, unfortunately, I'm already hearing, you know, the WWE fan crowd, or from what I'm hearing, are not super into him and not necessarily seeing it or getting it yet. Which I can understand because what he delivers is not what they're really getting to show. Now, Trevor. I mean, I've argued the year, you know, 2016 when I had Trevor as the wrestler of the year. Basically, um, not basically. I did. Um, part of my argument was his kind of utility and his ability to fit a lot of different roles and do a lot of different things which he can but his best stuff is not what he's going to deliver here in NXT unfortunately and I can definitely see people who have heard about Trevor Lee and heard psychopaths like me saying that he's the rest you know the best wrestler on the planet for years now um that they're gonna see this and just say like what are you talking about and like kind of get turned off by this guy like he's not that good because he's they're not getting to see him deliver what he is actually the best at you know so he's been obviously a focus for them um so yeah uh let's see other big stuff over the past week shout out three two one battle they ran the rebel girls tournament they do it uh every year now it's one of the better weekends for them it's it's they do two shows um, they do their normal Friday night show like they would every other week anyways. Um, that is was a battle of the sexes. It's usually in that vein. There's a lot of intergender matches. Um, I did not get a chance to watch all of that yet, but I've watched a couple matches on it, and it's always fun. But I did watch all of the Rebel Girls tournament. I skipped the non-tournament matches just for the sake of time, um, and I'll give a a, a big kind of go-out-of-your-way-to-check-it-out to anybody for the uh kimberly versus bambi hall match um was the best singles match on the show the the four-way final was fun but it's a you know it's a four-way and it's it's it is what it is it wasn't bad but not necessarily something i'm going to sink my teeth into but kimberly and bambi hall Bambi hall is i've I've described her as kind of like um i won't say but like you know maybe like a slightly like toned down slight b version of like a jordan grace type character but she does have her own personality and her own thing but like Big bruiser type. Kimberly has really came into her own recently, coming back into the Indies as kind of having a similar role. So those two just kind of went at it and was really having basically like a hoss fight. um And they just kicked the shit out of each other. Bambi Hall, again, someone who should be on people's radar from Three to One Battle. Some people are starting to break out a little bit from Three to One Battle. Obviously Dan Makabe, we've talked about him enough, but Sonico getting a tour into Japan um so some people from 321battle are getting around a little bit more and, and maybe bambi hall will be the next one that people should pay attention to um otherwise uh did you happen to check out the uh aj gray um kurt stallion and uh paco title match for glory pro
2: no, I didn't. I didn't get around to that, but I saw that AJ Gray had won the Glory Pro title. It looks like so. So I'm probably yeah. gonna give it a chance. Yeah,
1: that made me want to check it out. I'll definitely recommend it. I I thought it was pretty good. It's interesting. Paco AJ Gray. I think is both guys guys that me and you both are fans of. Uh, not both of us. Not huge fans of Kurt Stallion, but good stuff here. AJ AJ's really coming into his own, man. I mean, I think that putting the title on him here makes sense. Um, he had a kick ass match. Uh, on the Turbo show against Jonathan Wolf, another guy who's on the upswing in Jonathan Wolf. So AJ Gray is a guy that I think AJ Gray is already in that like you should be talking about him. Me and you have mentioned him a couple times on this show, but he's really a guy that's like right there. Like I think if you're not following what he's doing, you're kind of really just <laughs> I don't I just really don't know how seriously I take your kind of commitment to caring about wrestling in general. Um, just because he is—he's becoming a guy. Um, he's just ready to break out and be a star that more and more people are talking about. Jonathan Wolf is just a step below that in the in the level that AJ Gray was just a little bit ago, where he's going to break out too. So AJ had a big ass weekend. Talked about last weekend. Alex Zane, or at least I did a little bit. Felt like Alex Zane came out of the weekend feeling like the biggest star in wrestling, fastest rising star in wrestling, or something. I mean, shit. Like he was on every fucking show and having a killer match on every show, but aj gray just underneath that and maybe not as flashy maybe not getting as much talk but he had a big badass weekend last weekend so you know go check all that out for sure um is there anything else is there anything from you that you've seen or you wanted to give a shout out to from this past week
2: oh no i plan plan on doing like a lot of catch-up and uh all that for stuff that's uh european and uh american all like like i think there was some jordan break smash that was getting thrown around on youtube and all that so i want to get around uh doing yeah. a big youtube catch-up and getting all that getting all that stuff re-upping on IWTV tv and going through and seeing what i've missed in the, in the last couple of weeks or anything right. but yeah like i said it's I said for people like us that aren't like super big on like the car like big mainstream wrestling it's been quiet for us like for a lot of people it's like oh man AEW starting up and oh my god nxt is two hours now and, and all that so they're really excited for that stuff Paul Heyman is in charge of Raw and Eric Bischoff is in charge of SmackDown <laughs> and, that's, and, and that stuff excites them but for us that isn't really it and we're not even like huge, like huge New Japan people in the first place either so like for us we're like you know just alright well we'll see what happens because like this is how it is in the last quarter of the year for like large scale independent wrestling like it gets sort of quiet so like right now with just me kind of like letting stuff pile up and then eventually like getting everything
1: right was that the uh jordan breaks versus connor mills from riptide that was on youtube i think maybe uh or is it
2: maybe one? maybe i'm not maybe i'm not sure jordan jordan breaks is a guy where like pretty much like all of his matches are on youtube so like yeah and there's like a new there's like a new one like all the time popping out That people are always like you gotta check this one out
1: right he's i mean he's getting good and connor mills is a guy who's getting really good too um, kinda, kinda has been good for a really
2: long time. Yeah. But like, him and Maverick Mayhew should sort have of, sort of got phased out of progress in a weird mm-hmm. way. Like, like we, I was, I was saying last year, that like Matt, uh, that Maverick Mayhew was like a baby, like was like a baby Matt Seidel and yes. at seventeen years old, maybe like the best wrestler I had seen at that age in a long time, maybe ever. Just from like the sympathy he can get when he's selling and how good he is with the flying, but. Maverick Mayhew then gets nothing in progress and then Connor Mills gets phased out too and this is like a r- real shame. I I don't I don't know why those guys aren't in like the NPS or the like or, or whatever. That that was strange.
1: Oh, that's what I need to watch the NPS too. I, meant to, I think I think of.
2: Mills I think I think Mills might have, might have been in it, but yeah, yeah Ma- Maverick Mayhew, I don't understand why he's not doing more where, booking.
1: Yeah, I don't know where he went or what the fuck is going on, but he was definitely breaking out and and great. I like his look a lot, you know. It's not it's kind of Bob Backlund in some ways, you know. It's that very like boy next door, clean kind of cut, but it works. I think that it, it works It like that.
2: no one because no one else has that look right now. Yeah,
1: like, no, no one has that like, clean. Like, like Speed,
2: like Speedball has it, but like again, like no one really has that sort of like. Oh, he's not like trying to be edgy or super cool or anything like that. He just sort of got some shorts, put some tape on his wrist, and he's gonna go out there and do it into his wrestling. And yeah. like some and I and sometimes I like stuff like that.
1: <laughs> yeah, but that uh that Jordan breaks versus a. Uh connor mills match from riptide i watched that on youtube and really liked that and jordan breaks getting a match with the with dan maca coming up pretty soon that's gonna be interesting yeah that's
2: really that. really interesting and i think that's yeah. gonna be great
1: yeah that's yeah. gonna be a lot of fun um i guess i almost forgot to talk about it just to, to mention it uh nick gage invitational tournament happened which is man there was a couple years a little while ago where the nick gage tournament tournament of survival those were like some of my favorite shows of the year but this this uh ngi sucked i mean fuck like it was it was bad i don't like the truncated tournament style like this it's it's you know four three ways and then a four-way final so it's really only two rounds it's really quick and and i i heard someone talking about it and they were saying like oh you know a deathmatch tournament you want to get through it quick because people will get injured or whatever so it makes sense to do it this way but you really lose a lot i think when I think of a deathmatch tournament, I like that multiple rounds. I like going deep, and I like seeing by the finals that you got two guys. Usually, I would prefer it comes out to two people who are just... have been through fucking hell and back. Right. You know what I mean? That's what... That's the whole point of a deathmatch tournament, really, to me, is is by the end of it, you... The, you know, it, it's kind of that, that Big Japan-style psychology of deathmatch, which is the survivor. The winner is not really a winner. He's just someone who survived the most fucking punishment. So truncated tournament format um a lot of no like not even nobodies but like a lot of people who just really don't have much to them a lot of people who feel really forced into a deathmatch setting and don't really feel like pure deathmatch wrestlers just showing up honestly the best match on the show was the four-way that included gringo loco so i mean shit that tells you how good the, the show was if i'm telling you that the best match had gringo loco in it because he's one of hey, the guys look, that I just...
2: i'm about to say
1: hey gringo loco was good <laughs> I don't like Ringo Loco. I know that a lot of people what? do, and I know that he's probably good, but he's just not, not for me. Not a fan. Not a fan of the base God. No, I fucking hate that nickname. It drives me nuts. Oh no, um,
2: I, I hate it too. It's like way, it's way too meta for me.
1: Yeah, but, I mean, he's good, and he did yeah, some cool yeah, shit yeah, in I'm, here.
2: I'm, re- I'm really good at ta- at taking other people's moves. Yes, <laughs> it's like, it's I'm really the best at nickname.
1: at cooperating in wrestling. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, um, but yeah, he. He was good in here, and he's got, obviously, some of the best flyers in the world. And then, you know, I mean, that was the, really the match of the night for me, which is it's a fucking sad state of affairs when the Nick Gage Invitational Tournament, which uh, with its <laughs> honored and storied history, um, ends up that the best match on the, on the fucking all right, show. Now,
2: all right, now hold on. Yeah. I feel like I was saying this before, though, that I feel like the Deathmatch tournaments in GCW have gotten bad since 2017. Yeah, yeah. I have I, said this a while ago. <laughs> no, like, you're
1: right. Yeah, they're I've just getting worse while. and
2: worse. Yeah, like I, like I said, like they're doing really good as far as like everything else, but I definitely think the death the death match stuff has gotten worse and worse, and it's not the same. Like you can say that they like oh, they're still bring like doing cool stuff and bringing in the for and bringing in the foreign guys from a uh, Mex from Mexico and Japan and all that's, that's cool, but like at the end of the day, like I feel, I just it doesn't have the same energy, It doesn't have the same feel. The matches aren't connecting the same way. And I yeah. feel like that's been
1: evident since last year. Yeah, and it's interesting to see because it's honestly the epitome of what people say. You, like, you do something flashy, you build your name on something like Blood and Guts, you get a lot of attention by doing all this crazy stuff, and then once it's viable, you knock all that shit off, and then you go more into just bare-bones wrestling. And it's like, it couldn't be more blatant that that's what GCW is doing. Like, now that they're... Got the attention. Now that they are established, they're not treating the deathmatch stuff as important as they used to, and not putting as much effort into it being kind of the focal point of the company. Obviously, um, they've got they've got a show coming up in LA that has a terrible fucking name, um, and uh, and the art and everything just being a knockoff of, of uh, the slime labeling Ugh, slime language. It's a complete album. knockoff. Like I don't even yeah, I understand what the like what
2: the. Like, it's literally the slime language, like cover art.
1: Yeah, I know it's fucking disgusting. Really, I it's I hate
2: really, it. It's, it's really. Is like I, like I was killing like BLP for their show names and like the joint show name between um GCW and BLP was like the two cup stuff. And I already sent my piece on that. This one's like really fucking blatant. And the thing yeah. that bothers me about it is you know like the audience that like gcw caters to doesn't give a shit about rap music so when right. they see that like they're not like that like that's they don't care if they stole it from somewhere or if it's like a blatant knockoff or whatever the fuck like they're just gonna roll with it and for me i sit here and it's like like one like it's a dumb name because it has nothing that has nothing to do with anything and two that's like a complete knockoff of the cover
1: right like, I, don't, I don't i don't i don't get it it's too really,
2: really really fucking annoying
1: it's over the top and you know what it is it's that, that crowd and i hate to do this cuz it's like armchair psychologist stuff but it's like that the crowd that's into the to, to gcw and into this and thinks it's cool like would well, they kind of i i assume that their like reaction to this is like oh yeah you know like those you know those gangster rappers, which I think that they're the kind of people who still think of rap as being gangster rap, like all rappers think they're gangsters which Takeshi69 is not helping that cause right now with him being in the fucking news, rolling over on everyone Um, but so they're like, oh yeah, those gangster rappers think they're hard, but really, Nick Gage, he's the real thug you know what I mean, like that's what they think of when they do like, they're knocking off rap stuff
2: I, I I pray to God I pray that no one does a promo that's along those lines
1: it do but i mean that's why they like it though they they really do think they're like oh yeah you know those those rappers think that they're hard and all this but the real hard men are the gcw wrestlers like nick gage those are so they can take their stuff and they won't do anything about it because we represent uh, the real man, hard. Now
2: you're, like, now you're like putting like oh other yeah shit other, like other shit in my head and like <laughs> I, I like I, I i really really hope that's not what the idea is here because then it gets into like other like coded language and all that oh shit yeah like that's <laughs> like a your oh, yeah. discussion no I know
1: but but the show has a match that I really want to fucking see Jake Atlas versus Nick Gage I really want to see that match and it's like it's gonna be here in LA I kind of feel like I should go but I can't bring myself to buy a fucking ticket to a show called slime language with the fucking knockoff from the album as the art and and it's, game, like, it's, it's
2: more like it's more of that shit where you like just go like go with something culturally because you think it's cool it looks it looks cool slime language is gang shit that's gang right. related stuff there's a there's a reason why young thug is calling it that there's gang stuff behind that and he's going in going in and taking it because like what's your reason though no. well nick gage is and is mdk so like mm-hmm. get that dumb shit like, get, get that dumb shit out of here man it's like you could have done anything else right anything else but you take but you take something that has like a deeper different meaning to it a more serious meaning to it and you attach it to a dumb pro wrestling show it's this weirdo shit
1: right and it's the show is in la they don't do a lot of shows in la right like in general so this is a pretty dumb but could you not have like picked like an la artist and done Any, like a knockoff anything. of their shit, and anything off like like, like something based off a of LA movie, like Nip, you could have done Nipsey Hustle. I mean, no one has done it, and like he's you, a big fucking deal in LA. You could do a Nipsey Hustle.
2: You could have done something You could have done anything, yeah. anything. But on t- so you choose slime language. I might uh, as well might as well call the shit fucking Barter
1: Six or something. Like it's like it's right. that <laughs> level
2: of like it's, it's that level of like what the fuck is going on. Uh.
1: Well, all right, Quentin. We were here tonight to talk about uh, destruction, right? We're here to talk oh, about. Oh no! Now, no, we're just going to talk no. about. We're just going to
2: talk about white, like older white people in professional wrestling, to being fans of hip hop culture, and then just adding it on to show names and not understanding the deeper meaning behind everything. Because right. hip hop is pop culture, and then everyone just wants to latch onto it, and because it's cool, even right. though like you know that's act just people's actual lives and real stuff that's going on. But you know, like. Yeah. We're wrestling podcast <laughs> didn't
1: well, so ECW kind of did that, right? Like, I'm trying to think. I know that they had the Samoan gangster party, they had Public Enemy, um, and those were all kind of like hip hop culture inspired gimmicks.
2: I still, th- I still think those were bad, though. Like, that's the thing It's right. like, like when I say that, like I got keep, like, keep the same energy when it comes, like when it comes to all those things. It's not like I have some like grudge with GCW, like ECW doing it like obviously like i wasn't like alive alive for it but as i go back and watch like oh like and eh, i don't like calling two white dudes public enemy you
0: right. know what i
2: mean like like that's like that kind of stuff still bothers me so when i say like yeah gcw like like gcw and black label pro should chill with shit like this like i felt that way like going back to like ecw being the first ones to really do this kind of thing like right. calling two white dudes public enemy like, yeah,
1: no. <laughs> come on, come on, now. That was ridiculous. But see, what they like, I said, like I can, I have these examples of of gimmicks, especially tag team gimmicks, where they kind of did this. But like, they didn't, they weren't naming the shows, like you know, like there's something different to me about like a gimmick, even if you know how much like the 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 person who runs the company is behind it, like that you present like these are these wrestlers happen to be the public enemy which as ludicrous as it is that's one thing but it's like the idea that the company itself is presenting to you a product that they're naming this it just that feels like a a, like taking that even a step further you know what i mean
2: there there better be a black wrestler on slime language (laughs) or i'm gonna have a real fucking problem
1: well and i'm not not even saying that to be funny no no you're gonna
2: sit here and and take from hip-hop culture with no context whatsoever and just call your shit slime language and there isn't a black wrestler on there i'm gonna have a real problem with that
1: <laughs> well shit I'm, I'm actually we should probably go through gcw cards and see how regularly they they book any black wrestlers at it's all not,
2: it's not it's not very regularly that's what no I'm saying, it's like, it's really not that's and... what i'm saying like this look <laughs> <laughs> They we're gonna a whole different size so, so, whole different um, bag of worms here so yes. i'm I, I hope to, i hope for their sake they have at least one person on there because if not, I I can't guarantee that I'm just gonna like chill out. I might <laughs> cause a little, cause a little bit of a, of a shitstorm on Twitter. I'm
1: trying to I'm trying to look and see the last show that they did in L.A. and I don't think that they had.
2: Uh, it, it was the Gage. It was the Gage and Arquette
1: show. Uh no 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 the last show they had in L.A. was the Gage and Jimmy Havoc main event Masato Tanaka oh. and Deppin show. Um, okay. Which yeah doesn't look like there's a single black wrestler on this show uh, <laughs> um so we'll see maybe they'll but again pull... it's, not, it's
2: not it's not even about being in la it's about the show name like... right. no
1: i'm i'm just saying because they're in la they'll probably pull from a similar talent pool you know what i mean um, kiko taro maybe i don't know what he looks like underneath I... the mask i'll just yeah, say I <laughs> <laughs> although i do i did take a picture with him with his mask off actually so i do know Gibs what he kick, looks Gibs like kick. Oh, but thing, Lucas brother. Riley was on the was on the show. He's pretty good, actually. um So, uh, yeah, yeah I,
2: don't, I, just, <sighs> I just I just hate, I just hate it though. Like, it's like as someone that like really cares about this stuff, and it's like my background and like how I grew up is like so rooted in hip hop. With like right, like the stuff that I do in like my personal time and like what my like like the stuff like the fact that my father used to make music and like I grew up on that kind of music. And like, I'm not a hip hop here, but like I care about the culture. And to see shit like this, like on his head, it's like, oh, cool. Like wrestling and hip hop, like that. Like, let's like let's see how that blends together. And it has blended together in like interesting ways in the past. But like this is just so blatant and tasteless that like there's like I, I can't see any fathomable what fathomable way like getting behind this. But you know, if GCW feels so like ha ha ha, like ah, oh, there goes bread again, being wacky and yeah, look right. at this show name, so wacky. But like again, like people aren't really taking into consideration like everything else behind it but i get to to take shit like this way more seriously than other people
1: right no definitely and i'm continuing to look through and you know what's funny the closest thing i can find is well homicide i guess uh puerto rican you could say Afro, afro-dominican or whatever um i don't know if you count that um black taurus he's technically a black te- bull so te- technically <laughs> <laughs> te- and then josh barnett booking eric hammer who is mixed. Um, so... <laughs> so you give credit to GCW for booking through Josh Barnett. So there we go. Um, yeah. That's a hey, uh... fuck, fuck this show. <laughs> like, I, got, I, got, I got I got nothing else, man. Fuck this, yeah, fuck right? this show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, all right, so destruction in Kobe mostly. I watched, like I told you before we started the show, I watched the big stuff. From all the Destruction shows, because I didn't know what you meant when you said Destruction, so I figured. I thought you, then I, I thought you knew that I meant the Kobe
2: world. So I, I meant, figured. The Kobe. World, like
1: Kobe. <laughs> once I got to, to Saber versus Tanahashi, and I remembered, like, oh yeah, we already mentioned the title change here, then I was like, yeah, we're not going to talk about that from shows that we already kind of reviewed. So, uh, so yeah. Um, did you watch Fredericks versus Amino? Shoto Amino versus Carl Fredericks for the uh, Young Lions Cup championship this year.
2: Yeah, yeah, I, re- I liked it. I, re- I, th- I, I liked th- it, it a was- Yeah, I thought it was really
1: good. These are the fucking guys right here, man. I mean, I'm hearing a like- lot of people I, I go.
2: I, I, I still I like Clark Connors more than um more than pretty much like everyone yeah. else. I mean, I still have Amino as the top guy, but I like Clark Connors a lot. But I see, I understand what they see in Fredericks.
1: Yeah. And Fredericks is a guy who I've seen a ton of, cause cause he's got the connection through Reno. Um, so like the Reno Scum guys, particular, I think he actually trained with them. Um, he used to. He look, he, he looks like one of those guys, not a two like, <laughs> not yeah, a two yeah, really
2: yeah. piece up together.
1: Right. He uh, yeah, he trained with those guys, and I'm trying to remember. He had a tag team that was like Reno over everyone or something. It was like basically that. Um, with a with another guy who was pretty good too. It's a it's a bummer that that guy um is not. Uh, didn't show up in the same gym and is getting or didn't show up in the la dojo and is like getting a chance or whatever um yeah it's uh oh actually no um but uh but fredericks i've seen him up like really a ton at this point um and the way that he's coming together here and the way that i'm starting to hear people like really yeah it was actually reno over everything and it was a guy named a striker um that guy that he's got a good look works really hard too um But uh, the way that everyone's kind of going crazy for Fredericks, I'm like, I'm happy for him. And I do, I have thought he's good for a long time. Um, I was thinking people were being a little bit overblown on the way that they were reacting about him. But then this match here, I think in this context where you think of him as a young lion, unlike where I think of him as someone who I've like seen for a long time not, you know, super long, but already have seen him a ton and and seen him for a while it was kind of like, oh, you know, he's good. But if you think of him as like a, a young lion upstart who's just putting it together then yeah i can definitely see why you would think like oh this guy's got everything he's gonna put it together so uh really cool matchup between the two amino getting busted open uh bleeding out of the nose was pretty you know adds a little bit to the match like we talked about before you add some blood to the match and it's automatically gonna get a, a at least a star and a half bump um so yeah this was this was really good and, and had a really nice back and forth and good fundamentals but it was something that i was thinking about like compared to young lions from just a few years ago like they did a lot more than young lions were allowed to even fucking like jay white and david finley didn't really do this much as young lions you know what i mean so the young Lions style is really getting updated to match just the way that everything is kind of getting turned up and toned up um more and more so Unfortunately, I think Buddy Murphy is not going to have a, a very good go of it when he, you know, gets fired from WWE and actually goes to New Japan because the style is going to be too much for him. Now he 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 doesn't like all these moves, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, the only other thing from the undercard that's worth mentioning, I guess, is the continuation of the uh, Suzuki Liger feud um, in the in the big what is it? Was it a four, Was it an eight man? Yeah, eight man tag. Um, with kind of the new japan army versus uh suzuki Goon, and uh people had been talking about this happening you know a little bit i think i remember people hinting towards it return of kishin liger against uh, taichi because it would make sense with the the connection between taichi and liger and the past um that they have but uh it's coming out here to avenge uh, Liger's one loss in a shoot fight against Suzuki, he has to bring out the big guns. Um, but he pulls off the mask, he rips off the leotard, and this doesn't look like Kishin Liger. You know what this looks like? This looks like the dang Joker. Liger's out <laughs> here, and he's the god dang Joker at the perfect time when everyone loves the Joker. I'm telling you, Joker is having a cultural moment right now, and he's even showing up in New Japan. Uh, what did you think about? You have uh, joker liger showing up here <laughs> um i mean it's cool like like I, I i think liger and suzuki
2: could have had could like could have a really good like straight up match but again like liger's older suzuki's older and i think there's just something fun to do for the audience and all that stuff and I, I i thought the angle was cool it really just like the crowd was super into it and everything and i'm excited for what they do at king of pro wrestling um, I don't know. Now it's a little weird though, because you get Suzuki, the the Suzuki match happening at um at King of Pro Wrestling. So now it's like, what does what does Lagger do at, at Wrestle Kingdom now? I I, 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 re- I really am confused. But I think that's something like you just have to wait until like November or something to really see what's gonna go on with him. Because now it's like, okay, well, the Suzuki thing is off the table.
1: Maybe. I mean, it'd be crazy if they continue to stretch this out because it feels like basically. This has been set, or at least people have thought that this is set that that's going to be the match at King of yeah, Pro Wrestling. Yeah, yeah I, I thought they weren't going to do this.
2: Like so clearly right. they're touching on this, and this is like this. That's not the Wrestle Kingdom plan. So now I'm just uh, curious on whatever they wind up doing with that. But uh, yeah, like I, it was it was cool for sure.
1: Yeah, the angle kicked ass. I mean, the crowd went crazy, and uh, and it it. I mean, Liger does he's done this so infrequently that it definitely stands out you know um and i wonder you know because i don't not following it and i don't (laughs) you know know japanese enough to hear what's going on but i do wonder if they play off of any of that history i mean i mentioned it but liger you know had a shoot fight with suzuki that was kind of embarrassing honestly so i wonder if that plays into this in any way really in the way that they're building it i mean these guys do have history with each other um, it does feel like a long time. It feels like it, it honestly feels like this feud has been, you know, predestined to finish at Wrestle Kingdom for too long already. And then now you're having the match at King of Pro Wrestling, and it feels like, can you really stretch this out till January? I mean, it's not that long from now to get to January, but it feels like, how can you keep it hot that whole time with really what's, what's essentially like a mid card feud with Liger? Yeah. I don't know. I feel like Liger's yeah. f- retirement deserves better.
2: And there's still the idea that he might wind up like getting some kind of title match versus like I don't know whoever like Osprey or some sendoff match versus Tanahashi an Okada title match on the first on the first night of the, the Wrestle Kingdom like something like that like
1: El Fantasmo?
2: Was... <laughs> oh fuck.
1: <laughs> I mean it it could it could kind of make sense.
2: El Fantasmo was calling him out.
1: <laughs> yeah, and it I don't know. It could kind of make sense. I mean,
2: and and they and they clearly do like El Fantasma. So
1: yeah, and it could be why he said something so fucking stupid about you know calling Osprey like he had Aspergers or whatever, um, or that what did he is that what he said? I can't remember what he said.
2: He called, he called him the autistic assassin.
1: Yeah, which it's like. I could definitely see if they're like go out there and you know get some heat because we're going to build up to a big match with you and Liger for his retirement that he was like super excited and was like trying to say something that would be edgy and get you know a lot of heat. Um, not even get heat you just like confuse everybody. Just like, <laughs> you kind of just piss everybody just like, off. What? <laughs> yeah, but it doesn't. Um, okay, but here's the thing, and I I, sh- I really shouldn't even say this, but it does. Play off of or make sense with the fact that Osprey has implied on social media that he's got a giant dick, so I'm not. You know, I'm just saying, it's it might be true. Is all I'm saying.
2: Um, did you watch uh, (laughs) did you watch the Lij versus Chaos tag? Uh,
1: no, I did not. Uh, Okay, it it
2: wasn't it wasn't important. It was just Bushi and Sonata and they faced Okada Eagles and Abushi, and obviously um okada okada's facing sonata about a king of pro wrestling and ibushi's facing evil king of pro wrestling so like they're just pairing off there but i i really i thought this was really fun robbie eagles adds an interesting dynamic to these uh um build up tags uh, eagles are one of the best wrestlers in the world that doesn't really get these chances in new japan so it was it was it was really fun to see him in there with guys like okada and ibushi
1: and but, that was uh, oh go ahead but yeah, like
2: that was it. Like it was, it was a fun match, but like nothing, nothing more to say there.
1: Well, that was the one, literally the one match that had Eagles in it that I didn't watch from any of the three shows, but just because of like time, I didn't get to it. But, uh, but yeah, I've the Birds of Prey act has really kicked ass, um, and I've I, I really liked their uh, junior tag team title match against um, against uh, ugh, it was a uh, why can't I it think was, of, uh, I, it was, I can't it I can't Elf, say Elf, Ishimori. Ishimori yeah i'm just having trouble saying ishimori i was like having a lot of trouble just saying for some reason i didn't even want to try to say it um yeah ishimori and lp um was really good and like i don't know the birds of prey have a really cool vibe together they're the matching gear and just eagles really feels like something even though it's like i could definitely see if you weren't familiar with him looking like he's kind of just like kind of being a knockoff of osprey but he really like they really work well together and they have like it's i mean their gear looks ridiculous but it kind of works and it, but, he, just, but even
2: really... then like you know it works because like we know Eagles' background and we know how long eagles has been wrestling like us Os- like osprey as like the as like the top guy in it and eagles is sort of his junior and protege it it works like even yeah. if we know what eagles's background is like just the optics of it like work he feels like osprey's underling that has like a lot of potential um in him and like i it, it works for me like but like obviously yeah. we know that Eagles has been around forever
1: right yeah and I, I really they're they're just yeah their whole vibe is like awesome together their spots everything is great i just i would love for them to get a little bit more of a push but i mean hey the uh the rapunki 3k are getting uh heavyweight tag team title shots no so like maybe there's you, going you, to start you know, B- what, you
2: know what i think about like now was like a really bad time to like get into like the osprey and eagles tag scene because now you think about like oh shit what if they were doing this last year like the young bucks right. were still around
1: right yeah no i know um yeah so uh so you come out of that um did you this was not even on the kobe show but did you watch the kenta and uh oh my god what is wrong with me my brain is just completely gone um Anyways, uh,
2: I'll bet you a bushy.
1: Yes, Kenta Abushi match. Yeah, yeah. Did I talked watch... yeah, yeah, about it last week. I thought it was like oh, okay, a okay. Re-
2: like really, really weird match.
1: Yeah, I I watched it and I was not a fan. Um, yeah, not good it
2: stuff. Was, like, it was again like really weird. The structure of it, everything, just really fucking strange. I don't I don't know what they were going for there.
1: Yeah, and so I don't know how new this is, but I. It feels relatively new because it wasn't like from the second that he debuted in New Japan. But like the Kenta um, entrance video being like so reminiscent of Shibata really struck me on this show um, that it's like so it's so clearly like that. I think that's part of the problem with Kenta right now in New Japan is like it feels like everything about his character and everything about his focus is he was just brought in here to feud with Shibata. And that's really awkward because Shibata is technically injured and not a wrestler, not even an active far, wrestler anymore. As
2: far as what we know, yes.
1: Yeah. So just to have this guy who's brought in and this entire character, I mean, everything about Kenta feels like all he is here to do is to feud. So everything else he does feels so like kind of second, you know, just like is taking a back seat to so the real focus is he's only here to feud with Shibata eventually that's gonna happen and that's so everything else just feels like it's just like place setting and it's just getting in the way and that's part of why this match felt really weird i think as well for me um i don't know so
2: i guess we can, go, we can get back to kobe did yes you, so you saw the you saw the top two matches on here right
1: yes shingo goto um was awesome i predicted shingo winning obviously
2: yeah I did, yeah i did too but like, i think we both, both of us had a brain fart and we didn't realize that well, Godot and Jay White are on the same card in singles matches. In mm-hmm. the last time they were in singles, in a singles match together, um, Godot beat Jay White. Right. And I think I think I think both of us just didn't put two and two together in that situation. Because now, like now, when you look at it, and, like how the show ended, like it makes sense why Goto was came like was like having a match in like one. Right. Um. I thought, it, they, I thought it went a little bit. I thought it want a tad too long, maybe like four or five minutes too long. But I, but I did really enjoy it, and it's just another uh, feather in the cap for, for Shingo's year, where if someone said that Shingo was the Wrestler of the Year, then I wouldn't really argue with them. Like The people that say like that Osprey is the Wrestler of the Year, I feel like aren't giving a, Shingo enough of a look either.
1: Right. Because Which it's because easy because to Ospre- overlook.
2: You'd be able to say, because Osprey's whole thing is well he's been great in every single tournament he's been in this year and granted like osprey has new japan cup and the super j cup tournaments that shingo weren't in but again going off the best of the super juniors and going off of g1 where arguably shingo was the both was the best guy in both of those things if you were osprey as a wrestler of the year guy i don't see how shingo isn't in your top five
1: and uh oh i guess that was technically last year i was gonna say and shingo was in bola but that was last year (laughs) so yeah because i was just at bola so i forgot that reset that's how that works um but yeah i mean i can definitely i i agree with you a lot there because i think that shingo i think that Shingo's is easy to overlook though because of all of the kerfuffle and the stuff that was going on with dragon gate and him getting moved around that he doesn't feel as established in his place so it it's easy to like not really think of of, like, where he is in the pecking order for quality, which has been phenomenal this year. I mean, yeah, I think think you're right, that if you're going to be saying that Osprey is hands down, lights out, no question wrestler of the year, but then let's say you don't have Shingo in your, like, top three, then you're really just not paying attention. You know, you're just, like, you're kind of the lights are on but nobody's home situation where you just notice Osprey for whatever reason and you're not actually – taking in everything you're watching because Shingo has been it's right there. It's
2: because you, it's because you, you latch onto the narrative. Like, let's be honest right. here. Like a lot of, like a lot of stuff is like you latch onto the narrative and once the ball gets rolling, you know, you're like, Oh yeah. Osprey for sure. Right. Like, I'm not even saying that Osprey isn't the wrestler of the year. I'm not sure that by the time we do the top 15 December, that Osprey isn't going to be my number one, but right. I like, I like, I feel like if I'm going to sit here and like have Osprey that high, then like Shingo is like top 10, like, yeah. like for sure. Yeah. So that so that's why I thought like, Shingo, in having like another match of this caliber to both for his resume, is like, 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 how much longer are we going to act like Shingo isn't like one of those tippy-top elite guys for 2019?
1: Well, and I've heard people kind of try to make the argument that like part of it, too, is that Osprey isn't just having great matches in New Japan, but he's having great matches other places. And it's like, <laughs> in 2019, I don't know that that's true. Like, he's had a couple had, matches upset, in RevPro. Up-
2: in 2019, he has the Aussie Open ladder match, which I'll, I'll say is, is a phenomenal match. Yeah. And if it wasn't for um, if it wasn't for the, they might be giants versus a uh, Faustus Forever tag from sup. That would probably be that probably be my favorite tag match of the year. And, and right. those two are probably like one A one B. Like I'm not sure I could pick one over the other. But he has that one. Some people like the A Kid match. I didn't I didn't like the Osprey A Kid match and. Some people in the in the Osprey versus Fletcher match was was good, but then you just like be, they veered off in like other like dumb territory that I was that I wasn't a fan of. Osprey and Star just shut the, the bed at Summer Sizzler, like right. So if if your whole if your whole campaign is well, Osprey has been doing it all over the world. He he hasn't like right. that's just fact. Like if this was your twenty eighteen Osprey case, then yes. And yes, honestly, yeah. if someone was saying that Osprey was the rest of the Year last year, I had no problem with it this year like it's all like, just be honest and saying you're just going based off like new japan because saying it's anything else is like <laughs> come on now
1: right yeah like he had the 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 pack match which i thought was good it's like he has a handful of rev pro matches that are okay the
2: the the, the tag from wrestlemania weekend it was um i think him and tanahashi versus zach and suzuki like i, I like that that was good yeah
1: that was pretty good um which, again, is technically RevPro, even though it was in America. So, again, it's like, you can't say he's doing it all over the world because it's, it's only New Japan and, and RevPro, really. No, Those but the, again, oh. like, you know, like, when they're, like
2: when people decide the narrative they want to run with, like, right. they'll, like, fit it in any way they can.
1: Yeah. So
2: even if you can disprove it and be like, well, like, like, Osprey really didn't really work that many places, like, they're, they're going to keep going with it. And right. that's why I realized, realized with this kind of stuff is, like, when we do wrestler of the year, I don't think me and you have like any like particular narrative that we're attached to. Like, no, I
1: mean, I already decided my narrative last year was David Starr, um, and so I'm just committed to that. He's going to win this year just because I had already decided last year. So <laughs> like, like, I'm committed to that. Yeah.
2: As, as, soon, as soon as we finish recording, like, yeah, David is 2019 yeah, yeah. the year. I'm like, well,
1: but he he really deserved it last year, so I'm going to give it to him next year just to be nice because you know <laughs> the Dan thing. Obviously, giving it to Dan Makabe was just because I'm co opted by my friend. Clearly. So yeah, so you even know, though,
2: even uh, though Dan is like a, even, even though Dan is like a top ten caliber wrestler, a wrestler of the
1: year this year too. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, but um, yeah, no, I know, no, I, 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 exactly. Me and you, I mean, when, when I come into it, I'm pretty fucking blank, like when it comes to narrative stuff, and I know that you're say, the like, same way.
2: Uh, like I know, like I, I get like the rappers, like being like the Zack Saber Jr. guy, but like, I, 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 most of 2016, I was with everybody else, that it was Chris Hero, and it, yeah. and, at, and at one point, I was saying that it was Trevor Lee. Right, like, I like, like Which I, it was. I decided like yeah I decided like literally <laughs> like fourth quarter like you know what I think I have to go with Zach right. twenty seventeen like I didn't come in into thinking like oh yeah I'm gonna have Zach Sabre Junior as back to back wrestler of the year so when the wrestler of the decade comes around I can be like well Zach Sabre Junior has been wrestler of the year two times in a row and I can't say that for anybody else like I don't like I don't have a plan for this
1: well and if you were if you were that craven and it was about building narratives last year would have been a pretty easy year to give it to Zach again
2: yeah zach was i think zach you know? i think
1: i had zach at like two or three <laughs> Cause, i mean because you put you did okada and i think that i mean last year I was
2: i could have did zach could've.
1: you could have easily done Zach. i don't think that last year was a year where like not having okada would have been a big deal comparatively to zach like you know so yeah exactly
2: like yeah So I, I i think a lot of people just like latch on the narratives for like someone as their favorite wrestler which like okay like cool but like i don't know i I, I just don't like approaching like the wrestler like wrestler of the year that way
1: right no i know um i i'm having i I almost don't want to give it away just because it's fun for when we do the show but i'm having kind of a bit of an epiphany within within the last couple weeks about someone who's kind of coming out of left field for me in some ways is like Mm -hmm. i think he's gonna be my guy and i i had accepted a couple months back you know, and I did this last year too, where like somewhere in the middle of the year, I kind of just accept like it's between these two guys, and I just have to pick one. And it was Ospreay and Star. I was just like, yeah, and I was like, it's gonna be Star. Like I had just decided, you know. And it makes sense. And I don't think that anyone would argue with me about Star as my wrestler of the year for anyone. 2019. Anyone
2: that argued? Anyone tried to argue argue with, um about Star? They haven't seen Star's work. Like that's right. like, that's what something I can say. If you're gonna right. sit here and be like David Star. Like what? He's not even in the same league as Osprey. Well, David Starr has a really good resume. Now it's yeah. interesting. Like for this year, like a lot of people might have Stars number one, and, but Sam was very ahead of the curve and had Stars like his Wrestler of the Year. Like when? Like 2017? 20, like, right. I think. I think. So, but look. But look at Sam now and. Sam, like Sam and his taste, like they don't really align with like Star having like these big, epic matches with a lot of near falls and all that stuff. So like he's falling out, of, kind of falling out of favor with Star. while everyone else is kind of falling in love with so them. Right. I think that's, I think that's, I think that's
1: interesting. Which is an ebb and flow kind of thing that happens. I mean, this is this was been a big year for Chris Dickinson as well, and I haven't heard Sam talk about him at all. But I could see other people having oh, no, Dickinson Sam, oh, hired.
2: Sam like, oh, Sam did. When we did the, uh, the. Uh the we don't know wrestling 100 thing he he mentioned he mentioned dickinson but we both agreed that like the reason why dickinson is standing out is not because he's doing better it's because well the scene's depleted so someone like chris dickinson has always been good and anyone who watches beyond always has known that dickinson's always been good it's just now like you it matters more because there aren't a lot of people doing that
1: um yeah no definitely and and he's had a solid year honestly he
2: has i'm just like like i'm the guy that was saying like so you remember that Sammy Callahan versus Donovan Dijack match that was like getting a whole bunch of buzz in twenty sixteen from B- from yes. the like from Beyond fans? Like Sam was like had it like maybe like his match of the year or something that year. I was saying that like Dickinson versus Dijack or like whatever it was, like what whatever oh no, it was some Dickinson match against either Dijack or Callahan that year. And I was saying like that Dickinson match is just as good as that Sammy Callahan match. Right. And... Like, so I've always been like, yeah, Dickinson's a good wrestler. Like, I think Dickinson has like bombed or not stepped up to the plate a few times. I think something like Z- like Dickinson versus Zack Saber Jr. the one time it happened in Evolve, like that was like really bad and boring, and like it should have been better. But most like most other times, I think Dickinson has been good and, ha- and gets a bad rep for no reason. And I don't know, maybe it's because Dickinson's Twitter is better. I guess Dickinson tells <laughs> funny stories on Twitter so people like him more now but right. he, he he's the same guy
1: well i kind of talked about it last week where it's that the edge the edginess similar to Bodum, but like with a kind of the the real sharp points rounded off or sanded down a little bit where i think that's part of it i think that his his presentation of himself was a little bit more extreme and i think that he's recently kind of come into being uh, yeah like sanding off those edges and being a little bit more of a baby face kind of guy and i think there's a certain segment of the fan base there's a certain segment of online wrestling fans who aren't going to really like someone unless they think that they're a good person they're not able to like a wrestler if they think that they're actually an asshole you know um speaking of which i mean this is going off on a diatribe still some more but um, LP as this asshole heel working the gimmick on Twitter and doing everything has been kind of kicking ass. Like I'm kind of a big fan of LP's character. His in-ring work is about as good as it's ever been, which is to say like fine. Um, I won't say that he's like bad, but he's definitely not the best wrestler. And I think that some of his stuff that like should be slick comes across a little sloppy at times, but His character work has been awesome. And I think that he's another one where I think that people overlook it because, like I said, they want to think that he's actually – they want to think that the wrestlers are actually a good guy and they're just playing bad guy. And they don't want to believe that they're actually an asshole. But another guy who has a similar vibe um, in that the fans give a backlash to him actually being a fucking heel who gets heat is Jay White here in the main event of uh, destruction in Kobe against Naito. Um, What did you think of this match?
2: Man, I don't, I don't know. You could tell me I'm crazy if I'm, like, in the Jay White
1: bag or whatever. But, like, another great match for Jay White. Is it yep. just me, man? Like, Nope. The, honestly, the best Naito match I've seen in a long time. The most Thank excited you. I've Thank been you. about. It's excited about a Naito match. It's
2: the best, night, Naito, it's the best
1: match. Naito match of the year. Yes. <laughs> it's without question the year. I could maybe go back further. Like, I could possibly say that it's better than anything he had last year even like thank
2: you because like, i'm just no. not
1: excited about anything naito does but but jay white actually makes me interested in naito in this match
2: man like again this goes back to like what uh, people how upset people were like after jay white went to the g1 final after uh, instead, of, instead of naito and a main a big critique here was that Man, the match wasn't even good and here's Jay White bombing in the biggest and bo- bi- bombing in the biggest matches of his life. And again, both of us came on here and we said that in the, like in like this has happened before. That's fine. There's something that ideally you work on. Yes. Now, at some point do we gotta take our take like remove ourselves and be objective about something. Yeah. Can I say that Jay White versus Okada bombed when everyone in attendance loved that match? Like I, I, like I probably can't like I don't think that's an objective thing to say that just because I didn't like it that the match bombed I think when you say bomb that's like an overall negative kind of say connotation or consensus that like yeah they fucked up here like the Tanahashi versus Jay White match from from Wrestle Kingdom that one has that that one has that connotation or whatever the Naito one versus Jay like sort of but that was sort of like more middling than it was a, the fact that it was like a bad match here we are, and after people said that, oh my God, Jay White and Naito, that wasn't good. I can't. Jay White's coming, going in cold, to another big match of his, and I said a couple, like either a week ago or a couple of weeks ago, that is a that. It, I don't know if it was just me, but did it feel like Naito and Jay White were getting more comfortable with each other in the ring? I yeah. was encouraged. I thought that stuff was promising. And here we are, and I thought these two had a really, really good match. Is it is it in my match of the year conversation or anything? No. Probably makes my top one hundred. But I really, really enjoyed this match. And I can I could see say saying like the finish didn't look too great or whatever. But yeah, everything everything else about the match I loved. And again, Jay White brings a different level of heat, brings a different level of, of investment to his big matches here. And you can say whatever you want about not liking the interference or whatever. But whenever Jay is in these spots and people are really into the baby face in distress or in trouble facing Jay and him picking apart picking apart a body part or the uh, continued antics or whatever. Like it, it, it's been it's been a home run most of most of the bit most of the time so far. And I think it was a good personality clash. Like Jay White has been has, hasn't been frustrated by Naito in Naito's games, and I think that's been an interesting take on it because everyone that that's faced Naito has always gotten frustrated and flustered by the stalling and the feigning and all that stuff. And Jay White, really hasn't been. I thought, and I like and I like that touch on it.
1: Yeah, and I mean, you talked about it, but not the chemistry between the two has really come into its own. They felt super comfortable together they had a lot oh, of sorry it's
2: yeah. hard to cut you off but like no no at some point like i know and i know that we had like we were as a, as a society we're like so reactionary now because like we're always in, in a rush to like get our takeout, but like why can't why can't why can't something just be like oh this this, this these guys for his first time working together they're not really familiar with each other okay they'll do they'll, they'll do better next time right and I feel like, especially with these younger guys, like, and again, this happened to Jay White a couple of times, where the first outing isn't really great, and then the next time it's good, the next time it's great, and Jay White's done that with Tanahashi, he's done it with Naito, done it with Okada, and I just don't get why, like, we're so quick to be like, oh yeah, this is, this thing isn't gonna work. Look at him, he's bombing with Hiroshi Tanahashi, and I know that a lot of it comes down to. You just are already saying, hard, like, there's a very hard pushed white guy in New Japan. I'm done with it. Or just a hard pushed guy in general, whatever. You're not into it. And I I think that's what a lot of it is. But sometimes people just need more time to get the chemistry together. And these are performers, these are wrestlers at the end of the day. And not everybody can just sit in here and perform and have, like, an incredible match with someone they have never really done anything with before the unique chemistry that takes time and all that and i think this was a was a perfect example of they had never really worked together um until the g1 and that was them just getting a feel for each other and here they are and i thought they knocked it out of the park
1: yeah and if honestly what would be the fucking point of watching wrestling or investing in anything if if the first time anyone ever interacted with each other they just had the best match of their career with each other it just to me it just feels like that's the whole fucking point you're watching development you're watching build you're watching the stories play out and i mean it's famously talked about especially the person who pointed it out um and really got me to like notice and appreciate it was was simon in the slack chat but like tanahashi's made a fucking career off of this to the point where it almost feels like he sandbags the first matches with people Just so that like he can have better matches to get excited for. It's like, I don't know if you've ever heard people say like the first time you drink, you don't want to get like insanely drunk because then every other time you drink, you're just going to be trying to like get back to matching that feeling. It's like if the first match that you have with someone is like the best match ever, then how are you ever going to live up to that again? You want to leave something to be built to. And like even if it's not intentional and even if it is like naturally happening, it's like it makes more sense and it makes you appreciate it more. And these guys have that here. Their chemistry with each other was a lot more smooth here. They felt a lot more comfortable with each other. The fucking uh, Blade Runner complete shot onto the apron was awesome. That like kicked so much ass, and it's just like a nice little thing to to see um, Jay White putting stuff like that together, like having these weird little versions of his finishing move on the apron and stuff like that, and then the power bomb in the apron to play off of that some more the finish plays into a jay white character thing i can see people not liking it like you said because it didn't look great but like that's part of the jay white thing is that he gets into this place of like by any means necessary he's just gonna get the win and it can come out of nowhere and it can be a roll-up it can be you know some kind of weird like pinning combination it can be just a quick sloppy version of the blade runner and then the win like it can be cheating he could have outside interference he's gonna take the win however he can get it and that's part of his character so for me the finish i can definitely see why other people might say it came off a little sloppy a little bit out of nowhere but i liked it a lot i thought it again fit with his character and made a lot of sense wins the ic title here you talked about it but goto and jay white obviously feels like that's where you're going that's really interesting to have goto basically probably challenging for the intercontinental title against jay white as that's
2: the and i assume that's a power struggle since the kind of wrestling card is already uh right set in stone and confirmed and um we can touch on that in a second but i i I really like the godo versus jay white match from g1 so i'm encouraged to see how that goes the next time granted it's about to be it's going to be a main event it's going to have an extra 10 minutes tacked on to it so it's probably going to go about 30 minutes but no i think jay white makes stuff like this work at this point like yeah I'm, i'm done being at a point where i'm doubting jay white and, and as far as, like, the in-ring, I don't know what he's going to become as far as, like, a draw or whatever, but in-ring, I'm done doubting the dude. Like, he's done it so often for me at this point, and I, know that, and I know that we're in the minority of thinking that, like, Jay White had, like, an amazing G1 run. For a lot of people, like, the interference or whatever, like, really took away from what was going on in his matches, or the interference was just so nauseating to a point where, like, they didn't even bother to, like, you know, care, to be fair, about, about what was going on in his matches. But for me, like, he's delivered like at every turn so far, so I'm excited to see him versus Goto. Um, now we have the first chip falling for the uh, IWGP title tournament that people keep talking about, and you know this was, I guess this was this was the thing that was needed in order to set something like this up to even be a possibility. So, are you? Are you in the camp of thinking that is like going to happen and this is going to be a thing, or you know, are we still thinking like, yeah, we don't like I don't, you don't believe it until you see
1: it? I mean, here's the thing, and this is, I still am like whatever, but now we've got the King of Pro Wrestling card announced. We need to get into the King of Pro Wrestling card and like break it down a little bit. But this, I mean, I hate to do this, but like this plays into. My what I what I see my prediction what I expect to happen so I kind of have to break down the card a little bit here, which is that yeah, you know this all all of this is being started by Naito, flapping his gums about wanting to unify the titles right, mm. well, what the fuck is happening at King of Pro Wrestling but. The IWGP Heavyweight Championship is on the line, Okada versus Sonata. The G One Winner Championship. Uh, title shot is on the line at king of pro wrestling also against evil abushi versus evil so what do evil and sonata have in common they're both part of lij the group that's lead it led by naito so sonata wins the championship evil wins the title shot now what does that leave naito is he going to challenge the two guys that are in his stable for a match so that he can unify the titles is he that like obsessed and just egomaniac to, to go after his own people. Or do we end up with the biggest possible championship match at King of Pro Wrestling that you could imagine the former tag team champions going up against each other one-on-one for the IWGP time (laughs) evil versus Sonata at the dome, all of this (laughs) stuff about the the championship. No. How are you going to, how are you going to fill this, the Tokyo dome two nights in a row? That's how, when you have Evil versus Sonata, the biggest possible match. These guys were like brothers. They were tag team champions for how long? They were just stinking out the place in terrible IWGP heavyweight yeah, yeah, tag team I don't, I don't championship I don't, I don't matches. That, I, don't
2: I, don't I don't think they're
1: tag team champs for that long. <laughs> they are brothers. They are the closest of friends. They are, they're thick. They're honestly closer than brothers. I know brothers who don't even talk to each other. It's, no, yeah. Um,. No, but uh, so like, that entire thing was really
2: long winded, and I was trying to figure out where you're going to go with. Where that. I'm going, yeah, yeah. And I didn't know if you. Could were you imagine go.
1: the Tokyo Dome main event being Sonata versus Evil?
2: <laughs> Sonata's main eventing the Tokyo Dome next year, and I don't think people are understanding this.
1: Oh no, it's happening, not, but not this year. year. Maybe, maybe not next year. Like cause yeah, yeah, next yeah. year's
2: 2020, but right, right, 2021, he's main eventing. He's main eventing the Tokyo Dome. But I don't right. Think against think people have evil. accepted that
1: shit. Obviously, against Evil. Evil versus Sonata is gonna fucking pack the pack the no, sonata versus jay white <laughs> like, yes right all people. Oof.
2: and then the and then the discourse just like continues to like implode and like cave in on itself and twitter just collapses
1: that's a fun one because i feel like the people who refuse to accept that jay white is good are the same people who refuse to accept that sonata is bad so though they I, would yeah, like watch that I, match
2: yeah i feel like that venn diagram definitely like yeah there's a lot of overlap there
1: so those people would be really fun because the match would be like okay or bad and they would like and be blaming they, yeah, the wrong person <laughs> yeah they are blame Jay White for like not being able to you know carry Sonata as much as he should have um but yeah I think honestly like this championship thing is is becoming such a fucking albatross like it's it's crazy people are talking about it like it's just definitely happening at this yeah, point like, now it's, so it's,
2: it's, it's a thing where like I'm almost like done talking about it like yeah until until I see that this is a thing that actually happens, I'm just, I think I'm just gonna shut the fuck up and like just watch what happens because like it's so pointless because we don't know yet
1: right yeah no I'm just I can't I can't get into this discourse anymore especially because I still don't think it's actually gonna happen so it's like I feel like I'm gonna look like an idiot when it happens now because everyone is talking about it so much, like it's definitely happening. It's fucking crazy. Um, but looking at the King of Pro Wrestling card, you know they list the like the number of champion, like what number champion you are. And do you know what number champion Okada is right now for the IWGP Championship? Uh, how can I can to forget. He's a sixty ninth champion. He's a sixty ninth champion. So you know that's pretty nice. Um, um I'm I'm looking at this and – I don't know,
2: I, like, so the last quarter, New Japan cards, there's always some good stuff on them, but you know what it is, like, it's right. like, we're gearing up for the Tokyo Dome, and it's hard to invest into the cards, but again, like, you look at it, and this is a good card, it's a card that has potential, um, Taguchi, Taguchi and Roppongi 3K versus, uh, versus, um, uh, Dookie. Desperado and Kanamaru, Tanahashi and Hanma versus Makabe and Yano, uh, Bushi, Shingo and Naito versus Archer, Taichi, and uh, and Zack, Jay White, Kenta, and and Yujiro versus Goto, Ishii, and Yoshihashi. Then we get into the business, business end of stuff, and it's Liger versus Minoru Suzuki. We got Evil versus Kota Ibushi for Kota Ibushi's number one contendership at the Tokyo Dome. Velasprey versus El Fantasmo for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Title. Um, John Moxley versus Juice Robinson for the United States Title in those qualification match, and Okada versus Sonata for the IWGP Heavyweight Title. So, th- like for some people, they're always looking at this as like, okay, the title match and. Is that gonna be good? And can they make can they make you buy it and all that kind of stuff? My brain is so messed up that like I saw this and I'm like, are they about to have like two notice qualification matches on the same show? Uh, between between Liger Suzuki and Robinson versus Moxley, I'm pretty sure effectively there's gonna be like two brawling style matches, right?
1: Yeah. No. And
2: I mean, and they, don't, that's... they don't even then don't, don't even count in Evil doing his whole chair yeah. stick.
1: <laughs> All of his, that's what I was going to say. Coda and Evil are going to get a little nutty because that's what they do. Um, Kenta, Ishii, Goto, Jay White. I mean, Goto, you, we talked about Goto and Jay White, but they're across each other in the in that trios match, and so are Ishii and Kenta. So it feels like that could go however it goes. Like, honestly, that could get a little bit out of hand. So it does feel like there's a little... Like there, there could be a lot of brawly... Oh, hell! Fucking Osprey and el Fantasmo have some heat to their match like there's some background there and Fantasmo has been has been showing a little bit more edge in new japan so i could see even him going you know taking it a little bit over the line and getting a little bit aggressive so this i get what you're saying in that like at this time of the year new japan everything feels so again like clandestined so like predetermined you know where everything's going this is all set up stuff but this show feels like it might be heated there might be some some brawling and some fighting and it might be I could see it coming off and working and I could also see it feeling really repetitive and boring that you just have a lot of stuff that feels the same I don't know I don't know what to expect really
2: all right so we look at this I I, I like the card I think it has potential to be really good I am especially excited for Moxley versus juice um I yeah. don't know if I'm in the minority on this but like I love the g1 match they had I thought it was I thought it was phenomenal, in seeing what they do now, like fully entrenched in that setting, and how intense and physical
1: their matches have been so far already. Like, I am re- I am really into this. Yeah, I'm like, I'm almost to the level of being a little burnt out on the fact that it feels like these guys. That's this is the only match that the I mean Moxley had the whole G one, but it feels like every match that's not in the G one he's wrestling juice. I mean title they've had multiple title matches now, um, but. It still feels like there's a good, like a good chance that something nice, something interesting can come out of this, and especially because it's a no DQ, they don't really add stipulations super regularly in New Japan, and Moxley has shown a lot of skill and, and depth when it comes to bringing something interesting to different settings. Still, really bummed that we didn't get that Josh Barnett shoot fight match. Um, that would have been a huge feather in his cap for, uh, but I think he's gonna come back here, back from injury, with something to prove. And I think that Jay Juice is—I mean, Juice is a sturdy, big, burly dude. So I think he can stand toe to toe with Moxley and really bring it. Hopefully, we get some uh, some CZW Moxley shit here and mm-hmm. really get you know violent, get ultra violent get some, in New Japan. Get
2: some, th- some thumbtacks in New Japan. Yeah, man. Really got spice this thing up. Um, Ivo versus Ibushi, Like the G One match was. Good. It was, it was like I, I know some people like loved it and had it like as like a top ten match at a G one for them. I didn't like it nearly that much. I thought it was good though. Yeah. And my fear, I, I this could easily wind up going too long. Granted, like there's already five matches on here that need like significant time in order to reach what the uh office might be think might be thinking is their full potential and what they might want to accomplish with the matches. So. I don't exactly know, but this could easily be good if they don't wind up going too long.
1: Yeah, if this is quick, you're right. It'll be fine. I think it's not going to be though. I'm and I think that this is this will probably end up being like the worst match of like the real matches on the show, honestly. I don't I don't expect much from these two. They could do a quick, fast pace, just back and forth. Evil I've I'm historically kind of high on evil, but I just don't honestly for the New Japan roster, these are like two guys who I'm just not super into right now so I'm just not I'm not really excited for this match at all and it feels like such a fucking token I don't think that there's anybody in their right mind that would imagine that Evil wins this match so it just feels yeah it just feels like no stakes and two guys who I'm just not excited about
2: um Osprey versus ELP
1: I haven't well, I haven't watched a match from Jacob
2: yet but I did like their match from the um best of the super juniors. I thought that was LP's second second best match of the tournament behind the Rocky Romero Miracle. But <laughs> I got now the star match being so bad definitely makes me a little bit more apprehensive in saying this, but like Osprey is so consistently good at this point that I gotta say I think this I think this is what might wind up being really good.
0: Right,
2: and Osprey has Osprey has been trying his ass off to make sure um, LP looks good, and all the interactions they've had. So, I think I think I think more than likely this will wind up being a pretty good match. Uh, what do you think the result here is? ELP coming off winning best coming off winning the Super J Cup, um, one half one half for the Junior Tag Champ for Ishimori. This you've been going on with Osprey for some months now what do you what are you thinking here
1: i'm i mean obviously my hope my dream is that osprey just drops the title here get some shenanigans obviously probably some stuff with ishimori maybe even get robbie eagles into the mix too just to kind of play off of everything if he's in town if he's you know if he's in japan at the time um because he's not anywhere else on the card so i could definitely see him not being there but kind of do something like that just to just to have an excuse for why Osprey loses, and then kind of get him out of the junior, junior conversation in general. Um, I'm with you in that I expect this match to be good. Osprey has been pretty solid, pretty much everywhere, every match. We talked about it a little bit with the, you know, the whole match, the wrestler of the year conversation things. And and while I think that we were being maybe we're trying to be the voice of reason. We weren't necessarily saying that we think that Osprey is bad, just that maybe everything is a little bit overblown with how good he is. That said, he's still really good. Um, And I'm positive on ELP right now. Like I, again, I said like his in-ring work, I understand. It's, it is what it is. He's not, I won't hear anyone say that he's a terrible wrestler because I don't think that he is terrible mechanically. I think that he's been, historically, there's times where he's very bland, especially he has, as a babyface. He has the a, sonata, he has a, sonata, he has a problem, where it's like, right.
2: effectively he's actually really good at a lot of the stuff like, you know, like doing spot fast and interesting sequences and all that. He can do it, but in between all of that, he lacks, he's completely void of any personality to make that stuff work. And right. I think now with the, with the heel turn, he's been better at stuff like that. I still think he's not good at control segments no i still think he's really bad at that and i think he has to think i think he has to work on that aspect of wrestling but he has the tools to be a good pro wrestler but he doesn't have any of the stuff to make him interesting between doing cool moves
1: right and as a heel he's got a little bit of an extra edge to it and right now i've been into the heel kind of shenanigans and, and character stuff that he's been doing so I'm bull on this match. Like, I'm bullish on it. I think that there's a good chance that this could be really good. Um, yeah, so that's where I'm at on this. I expect I expect something decent.
2: Uh, so I guess the last one here is Okada versus Sonata. And Okada and Sonata had a good match last year at New Beginning. I liked a lot. I, th- I know a lot of people weren't really like in love with that match, but I liked the story of it with Okada being so arrogant and cocky coming off the defeat of defeat of Naito at Wrestle Kingdom, and he's just talking shit and trying to get Tsunada to break character and all that. I enjoyed that aspect. And I thought they had two terrible matches this year. I thought the I thought the one in the um, Japan Cup Final was terrible, and I thought the one that had it at Dantaku was terrible, too. But they somehow go out in G1, and they have one of the best matches of the tournament. So this is a very hit and miss pairing and here they are for a fourth time this year. I don't know what to expect. It's going to go like 40 minutes. Tim, like, are you excited for this match? Can, can Okada pull it off again?
1: No, no, I'm not excited for this, but also like, I'm not the guy who had Okada as my number one wrestler of 2018. So the thing is, while I think that Okada is very good and I've actually even started to appreciate him even more in this past year, I, I really am not into Sonata. I just... I can't even fake it. He just... He bores the fuck out of me. I hated the tag team run with Evil. But, like, I'm almost kind of missing that comparatively because at least it just felt like whatever. Like, having him in places like this, it just feels like he's taking up a spot where we could have something interesting and good instead. This could be Zack Sabre Jr. (laughs) Like, I would rather have that. Like, you know, Okada versus Zack is a better match to me than Sonata. Like, I'm just—I'm fucking done with this guy, and I don't—I don't know. Okada is very good. He is definitely in the conversation as, like, a once-in-a-generation type talent. Um, and he's proven it by having okay matches with Okada, with Sonata in the past. Like, honestly. Um, because that takes a lot. But— this is the fourth fucking time these guys are wrestling each other this year in singles matches. You know, I just... I don't know why they keep going to this unless, like you said, it's just really all about the fact that they're really building Sonata up to be the guy in at least another year. He'll probably like, be That's it.
2: what it is. Like, like I'm not saying it as a bit at all. Like, Sonata's gonna win G1. I don't see a world where Sonata is not winning the G1 last year. I mean, next year. And honestly... If he doesn't, I would I would say that that's that's a mistake on them, that you should capitalize on Sonata being being that high. Like you can look at you can be objective and be like, okay, like I don't like You Look, you listen to the crowd reactions and how eager people are to like see him in big spots, Sonata should win that G one next year. And I think they're setting and I think they're setting that up. So right here, like, there's something that New Japan will do, like when they have an eye on, when they have an eye on the match. They'll run into the ground over the over the course of the year and or whatever, but I really do think with this one they're setting it up as to where like Sonata gets closer and closer to really beating this guy for the title or beating this guy in a in a meaningful match, and I think it happens. Ne- I think it happens next year or it's what it happens at the Wrestle Kingdom in twenty twenty one. But like they, that's what they clearly think of this guy.
1: Yeah, and they're. I mean, you're right that they're probably not wrong about this. It's probably the smart move, and it probably makes sense. Yeah like,
2: yeah, like, like, yeah, like, I can't say it's wrong. Like, I can... that like That's how you got to approach stuff like this sometimes. Like, I might not like Sonata. I might not enjoy watching Sonata from match to match. I might not think he's that good of a wrestler to warrant the push. But the fact is, he's over enough. And once someone is that over, you can only do so much about it.
1: Right. Yeah, you just have to go with it. I mean, you praise I praise a lot of bookers for being smart enough to go with it when they have something that's over, so gotta give New Japan some credit there for going with it when it's over
2: what are you thinking here like are you predicting a good match like are you predicting a match you'll enjoy no I'm
1: predicting a bad match I'm not gonna like it okay. all right. yeah that's my prediction I think that this is I'm not gonna enjoy it it's gonna be very boring it's gonna be the worst of Okada which is just like you know very predictable formulaic and it's just the same stuff and then it's gonna be the worst of Sonata which is basically all of his matches it's just lifeless Spots for spot's sake that are executed flawlessly and almost make me more pissed off. I'd rather watch a boring, bad wrestler than someone who's, like, technically so solid and I just don't give a fuck, if I'm perfectly honest. Like, Sonata makes me more upset because of that. Because hmm. of the fact that when I watch him do it, I'm like, yes, that was done perfectly, but I don't you know give he could, a fuck. Because you
2: know, he could be, you know he could be more interesting than that.
1: Yes, if you just did anything and i could be slightly interested in what you were doing then i would love it because you're you do everything so great you know so yeah
2: okay so what's the over under here over under on it going 40 minutes
1: oh it's easily going 40 all of their matches go over 35 minutes i mean this is the main event on a big um what's historically a big time show this is going to go at least 40
2: mm. all right i think i think we're done though i think that, i think that's about it for everything um that's it <laughs> I, I will say the CMLL annivers- anniversary is happening as you record, and um, yeah, so Dragon Lee, uh, they, they so the, um, Dra- Dragon Lee was uh, they they wanted uh, CMLL wanted Dragon Lee to not work PWG, and he said like fuck you guys, I'm gonna go work PWG, and so by pun like they're so like they're so called punishing him by taking him off CMLL shows. <laughs> and I don't think they and I, and I don't think they realize that literally anyone in the world would be like would be like tripping over themselves to book Dragon Lee. So I, so I don't know what they expect here, but yeah. So uh, Dragon Lee wound up working ROH, um, Death Before Dishonor, which is also happening um, as you record. But uh Microman has a, a mask versus mask match on the show, so nice. i know I'm definitely I'm, is I know I'm definitely gonna be uh, watch, watching that. But you know, like it's it's hard it's hard to really care about the anniversario this year when like the main event was a uh, it's so weird and it was Ultimo Guerrero, Big um, Big Daddy Yum Yum, Negro Casas, Cabernario Villador Jr., Gilbert El, Gilbert El in a uh, Cyber the Main Man in a in a cage match. Effectively, like if you ever seen the Dragon Gate Dead or Alive cage match, like sort like pretty much that, and um, yeah, like like again like. Big Daddy, big, like Big Daddy, no one even like most people in the in the match don't even know who he is. And CMLL hasn't made any effort to really rectify that. And he's just sort of <laughs> in the match. So, yeah, it's, it's really weird and you know, I wish I could talk more about CMLL and like, you know, and bring and bring that up here even if like you even if like you even if you aren't a lucha fan, but like I I, I just can't I just can't get behind that kind of laziness. and like if I'm gonna kill WWE and like say like part of why I don't like WWE is like the laziness that they exhibit like that's part of why I don't like CM- like CMLO but I just want to touch on that
1: right yeah I mean sounds like a pretty good show on paper uh, I wouldn't personally enjoy it just because of the lucha situation that I said. It, I, is it going to be live streaming on youtube i know that they've done that a few years yeah, it's,
2: it's, oh yeah it, the, the show just finished like the okay. show was going on i don't know they might have been doing it on fight but like there was good stuff on here they had um N, NGD, Quasero, forstero, and ngd quatero forstero and sanson versus caristico mystico and valiente mm. like like, the, like there's good shit on this card like i'm probably gonna wind up watching the whole thing anyway but like when when a main with that kind of main event, like. Again, man, I I just I just can't give a pass to it just because I, just because I like Lucha or whatever. You know what I mean, like right? I I, I I just can't get behind it.
1: Right, I can't blame you. You know what we didn't even touch on? Seth Rollins del- deleting his Twitter. <laughs> St-
2: Stans are a vicious bunch, man. Like I don't, I, yeah. Like that's why I avoid like saying like certain stuff about people because like, mm-hmm. Stans find Stans find everything. Oh yeah. Like, if I ever say anything about Sasha Banks, it's always only been positive. Not because <laughs> I think not because I not because I think that Sasha Banks is like perfect and she does nothing wrong. But well, like, I, do. I, but, I but, but I just know how that how that stuff can go. Like I made one Sasha Banks tweet as like the stuff with her and WWE was going on and I said like how could Sasha Banks be in the wrong for like not like for not liking the fact that she was getting jerked around at her job in like all these damn people just like were liking the tweet like liking the tweet and retweeting it and all that and I was just like okay like I guess I know not to say never say anything negative but like yeah Seth, Seth Rollins could can handle being online
1: can't stand the heat alright Quentin well uh, if you want to close it out for us I think we're good for tonight
2: uh yeah nothing nothing really going on just follow us at Q and um, QNCR on Twitter and email us at QNTR at gmail.com that's it for us Thank you.